You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at the seventh episode of Bugs, entitled Mana from Heaven. At New Earth Foods, director Lennox and security man Glass discuss the new high-tech time lock and password-protected safe that is going to be a critical part of Act 4. Lennox also explains why he's bringing in outside security consultants. Glass seems a little skeptical, just as villains break into the building, gain access to the high-security vats of algae, and attempt to steal some of the contents. Their escape is thwarted when they're killed in a car accident. The next day, Team Bugs are introduced to Fodex, New Earth Foods' amazing new plant-based food substitute. It can be used to simulate almost any food. It's so good, they even ate it and didn't know. Rival company Hennessy Brock and their executive, Mr. Xander, will stop at nothing to A. Get the Fodex secret B. Buy out New Earth Foods or C. Destroy it so that it cannot come to market. Lennox is sure that last night's raid was masterminded by Xander. So, once again, our heroes fight illegal industrial espionage with a little illegal industrial espionage of their own. Ed and Beckett hack and break their way into Hennessy Brock and escape, having overheard enough to know that Xander was behind the break-in and that he has a confederate inside New Earth Foods. Roz's investigation turns up the curious fact that a dead man, Fricker, let the intruders into the building. But when she tries to learn more about the dead man, she is blocked at every turn. Lennox refuses to discuss it, other than he died when he fell into a fat of the Fodex algae. Undeterred, Roz decides to use her access to the New Earth computers to break into secure and deleted files to satisfy her own curiosity, all the while narrating her illegal and unethical activities to Sally, one of Lennox's employees. This prompts a curious reaction from Sally. She locks Roz in a sealed room with no air to die and steals the data Roz recovers herself before leaving the premises. Roz is saved in the nick of time by Ed and Beckett. Sally, the inside confederate, takes the secret revelation of Fricker's death to Xander. It's big, really big, and they decide to apply pressure to Lennox, threatening to reveal his secret. What secret, our heroes ask, only to be rebuffed with more lies. The next day, Lennox has a product demo at a restaurant for representatives from around the world. Xander's forces try to stop the Fodex from getting to the restaurant, but fail when his henchmen and some innocent bystanders are horribly killed in another car accident. It looks like a job well done, except that inside the restaurant, Sally runs an ominous, portable UV light over the uncooked Fodex, and then escapes before anyone notices her. Back at New Earth Foods, Ed and Beckett do an all-night spotlight search, looking for Fricker's file that plays hide-and-seek. They find it, and discover the horrifying truth. Fodex turns toxic when exposed to UV light. At the restaurant, the meal, to which Roz has managed to get herself a seat at the table, goes really well until Lennox plays a corporate promotional video for his guests. 
the video has been tampered with and warns them that Fodex is toxic and that they're all dying. Lennox, Roz, and Glass rush back to New Earth Foods. No worries. We've got an antidote, and even if we didn't, it is easily and quickly manufactured from raw Fodex algae, Lennox tells them. As if on cue, the Fodex vats erupt in an explosion, destroying the entire supply of algae and antidote. Soon, Xander and Sally are on a boat. Xander calls New Earth Foods and confesses all his crimes. I arranged the break-ins, poisoned the dignitaries, stole the Fodex, control the antidote, and am now demanding 10 million pounds to give it to you. Also, in case my list of crimes I just confessed to isn't long enough, I'm also going to poison the water supply and kill thousands, just for kicks, if you don't pay up. Our heroes have cleverly used a tape recorder to record his confession, and Ross, despite being on her deathbed, uses her super hearing to recreate the soundscape from the call, allowing her to guide Beckett in pursuit. Back on the boat, Sally has a little surprise for Xander. A bullet! with his name on it. She's even more monomaniacal than Xander. He was only bluffing about the water supply, but she wasn't. Back at New Earth Foods, Lennox, who's a little ahead of Roz on the death slide, remembers about his new high-tech safe and the contents therein, a sample of Fodex that could be used to create the antidote. Ed must break in, first by tricking the timing signal to move the clock forward, and then by getting Roz to pick Lennox's pocket looking for his password. Beckett tracks Sally to the water pumping station where she gets the better of him, and she starts the process of contaminating the water supply. Beckett overpowers her by surprise and then has a moral quandary. Stop the water supply contamination or rescue Sally, who is hanging onto a ledge for dear life. That's no quandary. That's an opportunity to solve this case without resorting to all the hassle of the court system. Sally falls to her death, and Beckett saves thousands from becoming innocent victims. Good thing the antidote can be synthesized in just a few minutes, because Roz and Lennox are cured with just a few moments to spare. No word on the poison dignitary's fate. Back in their tag scene room, Roz reveals she's off food, and I guess will never eat again? The end. Okay, Bugs, this is a... Uh, I, I'm just going to say that, you know when they got to the part... I, I'm, I enjoyed the episode. Well, I'll, I'll put that up front. I enjoyed the episode. But when they got to the point where they all sat down to eat, I was, you know, well, okay. Yeah. All right. We're building to quite the climax here. This is going to be a, this is going to be a narrow escape, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, and then something interrupted me and I had to pause the playback. And I just, I, I was struck dumb by the fact that we were only halfway through the episode at that point. <laughs> I thought, I thought we were in the end game at this point. And it's like, wow, uh, okay, what are they going to do for another half hour? <laughs> anyway, so what did you think of the episode? I did enjoy it, but I, I also found that it, it was on the side of really distracting me with all of the egregious plot holes, which <laughs> is kind of a, a sign that it's not, it's not really firing on all cylinders. And I, I've been wondering about why. And mm. I've come to the conclusion that Bugs is having a bit of a problem with its baddies. Okay. So. They are weird. I was going to say, I can, I can see this. They are kind of strange. I mean, look at, look at Xander. I mean, for crying out loud, he's a high-paid executive for a major corporation. 
and he basically just decides to abandon that all to to threaten to murder lots and lots of people for blackmail it's like i don't know this this doesn't really seem like the the right path trajectory for this guy sure he's into dirty tricks but this this is way over the line i i can i can well believe that just because he's a high-paid executive might not mean that he is capable of going way over the legal and ethical line in various ways. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting there wondering, why? Why is he doing this? Because it's not obvious, and he's not he's not interesting enough to avoid getting shot halfway through. I mean, that was the he was being built up as the as the bad guy, and then he gets wiped out, and so suddenly. It's Sally, but then I've got a problem with Sally too. Uh huh. What, what, what makes her tick? Yep. Because I think it beca- it starts to become very important when the the plot goes uh, possibly as you suggest because it needs to pad out an extra twenty minutes. But the plot goes on to this whole blackmail thing, and and Sally is suddenly prepared to not. It, it's it's not just making sure that the bluff is taken seriously. It's actually doing it even though it's become obvious that there is no possible financial gain for her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, up to that point, it has all been about financial gain for her. And now I don't understand what makes her tick. By the end, I almost started calling her crazy Sally in my repeat because, in my recap, because, because by the end, she does seem to be frothing mad. I want my yeah. money! <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> it's like, all right. You're not going to get it. I mean, the guy that runs the corporation you've killed and, you know, <laughs> like, who, who's going who's gonna to cough the money up now? And the well, board of directors? The, yeah, you know. That, that, that's, the pro- that's the problem. She's, she's saying, I bet there are many people who would pay for the privilege of drinking clean water. And I'm thinking, so... Why haven't you bothered to blackmail them instead yeah, that of too. this random guy who has absolutely, you know, he he may he he may want to stop you from doing this crazy thing because who the hell wouldn't? But you've also got to blackmail someone who is in a position to do that, and that's and that's the very strange thing when the blackmail thing is mooted in the first place. And again, I'm if I were being cynical, I would suggest it has to do with padding rather than the natural development arising from the actual plotted crime here. Um, You immediately think, why are they suddenly assuming that the people who they are blackmailing are going to want to personally step in and stop them from committing this crime by paying them a shed load of money? Mm -hmm. And... I, I say that because the the whole point of the the previous setup was that they were threatening it it was it was essentially kind of an industrial blackmail based on bringing down the 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 whole new earth food company but because you were undermining their most valuable piece of research their everything that they had poured their finances in you were going to prevent it from from giving a return and so it's an effective it's an effective blackmail strategy because it it affects them more than anyone else. So they are motivated to care about it and they are unlikely to trust anyone else 
to resolve it because you know are the are the police going to make it a sufficient priority are the police going to put sufficient resources into it they are going to want to put full resources in it they are going to want to hire um private contractors to 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 investigate it and to and to to beef up their security as soon as you say actually a load of other random people are the threat we're going to kill all of them i'm not saying that they are going to sit on their hands and just shrug and go oh well you know let them all die as long as it doesn't affect our share price. Time but to I call am, the police. <laughs> I, exactly. I am thinking, why the hell wouldn't they call the police? Here's someone who has just threatened to commit mass murder. I mean, if I heard someone threatening someone else to commit a murder, I wouldn't think, well, I mustn't call the police. I must, I must prevent this from happening myself. I would call the police at that point. I, you know, I think that the no police rule, which seems to be a rule in this episode, mm-hmm. is is working against it because the police would be there about the two guys that broke in, or I think it was two guys that broke in and died in a fiery car crash the very first night. Yes, but it's 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 inconsequential. It's inconsequential. If you if you had the budget and you wanted to, you'd make this episode where. When our guys turn up, there are police officers milling around all over the shop, blues and twos, crime tape, and all the rest of it. But they would still walk past, you know, the chief inspector and go in and chat to what's his name because he's hired them specifically to, to look into it. But my point being is that because they've set this up, it appears that they've set this up so that we are not going to involve the police. Then when you reach the point of mass murder, they don't bring in the police. It's not because it's an illogical. Right. And that's where their decision to do this, to to ignore police interference, becomes all the more obvious. But... Then it throws into light. It's like, yeah, you know, people have been dying right and left in this episode. I mean, look at the car chase. Um, we could kind of argue that that Roz is driving. Yes, she was trying to escape someone. But at the same time, I don't think that the innocent bystanders, that the bad guys collided because of her dodgy dodgy in the tunnel, uh, appreciate the fact that they died at the same time the bad guys did, and there appears to be absolutely no entanglement again of any kind. We just drove off, arrived at the restaurant, and there we go. Maybe I should call the police and tell them there's some dead bodies back in a tunnel. I don't know. Exactly. I've I've got a note of it again, and and it's because, you know, it's not because they drive off, because obviously they could argue that they felt they were in danger or that they felt that their cargo was threatened or whatever, but they would still be expected to report the incident and report their presence at the incident and then they would be answering questions and all the rest of it and not not to address that in some way i i absolutely understand that you you don't want the episode to be bogged down in all of the kind of procedural stuff because that's not the kind of show it is but you've still you've still got to do the the kind of the work of explaining it away Here's another one that kind of throws me up in the in the plot hole kind of thing. So Xander and Sally know about the blacklight death sentence. So they set up a plan to poison the poison the delegates and then blackmail them. Now, we all know at this point that Fodex 
is not a viable thing. Right? I mean, at that point, we're, we're done. It doesn't matter how much it tastes like smoked salmon. Uh, if if accidental UV light, which I believe comes from the sun naturally, can turn it to poison, then Fodex is dead on the vine. That's it. There is no more hope. So why'd they bother to try to steal it on the way to the restaurant? I I still don't <laughs> understand. I I I have I have certain questions about the um who who has obtained Fodex at for what at various points in this episode that I will come back to in a moment. But just on that, on that very point about it being made toxic by UV exposure immediately. And this isn't, this isn't our guys. This is not our guys. This is new earth foods who I'm now thinking. So why didn't they report it? Because someone died. So there has to have been some kind of inquest at which they need to have explained how he died. Oh, you died. need Fricker. Yeah. There also must be all sorts of regulators to whom they should report it and they should, you know, they should be testing it. They should be publishing their their results. They don't appear to have done any of that. And even, even if they were immoral and unethical enough to have kept it secret because they wanted to still... They they wanted to avoid the, 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 the brand, the you know, the, the food itself from being tainted in the public eyes by this mishap. They still wouldn't be bringing it to market without dealing with this massive problem. I mean, it's too massive. Like you say, UV is if, if kind of natural. <laughs> well, if you ha- if you had some explanation of how it became toxic in the in the presence of some rare gas or something then i could i could kind of i could kind of see how they might go well you know this is this is a an early sample we're still working on solving that but as long as as long as we arrange for safe conditions where it doesn't come into contact then we can still safely carry out this demonstration but for uv light (laughs) <laughs> to make it toxic yeah um well okay i i did actually want to float this idea out there now i think i could be wrong but i think that they said uv light on the raw fodex or uncooked fodex turns it toxic yes. so if fodex could come to market and they come up with some sort of manufacturing process where nothing comes out of the manufacturing process that would be considered raw Fodex. So maybe they, you know, concentrate on making crackers and, you know, things things that you don't cook, things that are shelved, marketed, uh, and done, and ready to eat. Would that be enough? Say, okay, we're, we, you know, these well, are the I, conditions I, we have to manufacture it under, and so it is safe when it leaves here, and it cannot oh, be made unsafe. Yeah, of course. But you, mean, can, you, you can imagine that because because the because the thing is cooked in some kind of controlled environment, and it's then tested to ensure that the toxic toxicity levels are sufficiently low for it to be considered safe. At the end of the process, so there's some kind of random sampling process, and only after that is it allowed out into an uncontrolled environment. So that so would make sense. Isn't completely a right isn't a complete write off. It's not a write off, but the but the question is. Why the hell aren't they doing any of that 
preparation and 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 testing and quality assurance and safety controls when they are feeding it to all of these influential bigwigs and shareholders. I, I can actually tell you why. I can tell you why. Security through obscurity. Nobody knows about the UV light problem. Ergo, no problem. It's, it's like, it was a common practice in computer security forever. If you don't know about the sure. problems, then it can't be exploited. <laughs> um, so yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know what? You want another one that if you wanted to find a better way to make money on this, buy the stock in new or, or sell the stock I've, short. I've got that. Then yeah. reveal. Reveal that it's uh, uh, a toxic and then watch it crash and take your money. Which is which is the kind of thing I would have believed I would have believed Xander would do. I mean that, Exactly. This, you see this is this is the problem in the sense that the episode doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to have any meaning to it, if you see it's it's like the the writer doesn't hasn't worked out what it is that he's trying to say. And so within that your your baddies are totally generic and i didn't think i would start getting tired of the kind of sexy ruthless villainess or whatever but there comes a point where you think well there has to be some kind of pretext for why they're doing what they you know last last episode they i mean we criticized them for it but there was some apart from the hey let's let's uh, branch out into a bit of in of industrial espionage as a new career um there was a bit of a backstory about it being revenge, oh, revenge for yeah. what the guy did to their father and that kind of thing and likewise i mean if you look at the if you look at the villains in the new avengers they all have clear goals that explain why they're doing what they're doing i mean whether there's no through to... line in these in this story the, yeah you know where we end up at the end is not at all predicted in part one they, they want to resurrect hitler or they have a particular love for gold or there's a loss of face or they envy steed or they want revenge for something their their motives that you can kind of that you can use to explain quite simply what it is that's driving them and that gives you a prism through which you can understand all of their actions and what bugs me sorry <laughs> what, <laughs> What I feel undermines this episode, and uh, th- this episode is written by uh, Greg- Gregory Evans, who I don't think has written an episode before, and it's notable how much less political it is than, say, a Stephen Gallagher episode, but it's notable in particular where there are all sorts of political dimensions to what you're actually seeing discussed in the episode. So, for example, when Sally has that line, I bet there are many people who would pay for the privilege of drinking clean water. You think there are, there were, and there still are all sorts of countries where, for various economic, political, structural reasons or whatever, people do not have access to clean water. And all sorts of people, not uh, to suggest that the means justify the, sorry the ends justify the means but there are all sorts of people who would argue that we should do a lot more to get clean water to those people rather than 
trying to make ourselves more comfortable. And so, you know, was it were it the case that I don't know, Sally had been brought up in a country like that, and uh, you know, it's, you could understand why she might want to blackmail a company or the government into helping or changing its practices in whichever country uh, you know was the, the, the this was the worst problem in and that she would do that because it would be kind of appropriate through threatening to to poison the water in the UK in London that would make sense it's such a bizarre tangent that they well it's not a complete tangent because i th- because i think the one of one of the most fascinating things about the sci-fi issue of the week the the fodex is the idea that you can suddenly create that you can that you can create something from readily available materials that will essentially solve one of the basic problems of the human condition which is that we need to feed ourselves and all of the associated things that go along with that you know famines and all the rest of it and all of the kind of political and economic ructions that solving that would cause and all of the kind of moral and ethical questions about how how the the fodex should be regulated and 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 who you know to what extent should there be profit and should the 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 value from that be ploughed back into the company that did the r&d even if that means that certain other countries and populations would be unable to afford this what is this, what is essentially a way of turning cheap or free algae into something that can feed populations well i let me let me clarify my my left turn comment here because if sally and xander wanted to blackmail people for 10 million pounds which seems like a remarkably small amount to me honestly um for the amount of people they're going to kill yeah maybe yeah then they don't need contaminated Fodex to do that. They just need a bottle of strychnine. Yes. Right? There's so many other poisons. So the the fact that Fodex can be turned into a poison does not logically suggest itself that, that you then take that, oh, it's been made into a poison? Well, now that I've got a poison, I, I, I want to go do some poisoning. As a, <laughs> that's what I mean no, no, by I that. Agree, it, just doesn't, it doesn't follow at all that they go from the industrial espionage and the and the blackmail of the company. You know, they don't want people to know that Fodex is lethal, and they don't. Which, of course, the, everyone will now know because the delegates are all ill. But that to that poisoned the water thing. It just it it's completely, completely off in a different direction, and it. Really, it's yes. opportunity. You know, well, it would be one thing if it I... were opportunistic, but it isn't even that. Because, like I say, it would be opportunistic if suddenly they discovered they had this thing that could do something that would be amazing. But there are lots of other things that could have done that. So it's not like we've discovered something new on Earth that can poison water supplies. So, yeah. No, no, no. And, I, I, I yeah, entirely agree yeah. with that. The, the connection that I'm seeing is something that isn't isn't referenced at all in the episode. Because I'm 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 looking at what the underlying moral to the story might have been, except that it appears that the writer has no interest in there being 
any moral to the story because he has nothing to say about it. No, it's, it's a pinball machine. Yeah. Um, uh, just uh, before I forget it, is there a, is there a, we'll call it an anti-science dig, but is there a dig there that she, that they very clearly make it obvious that she's replacing the Fodex, she's replacing the fluoride that's injected into the water? Because there's so many people that think fluoride is poisoning their water. And I, I, I did think that was kind of weird. I thought it was kind I, of weird that they just had that bottle labeled fluoride that she unscrews and puts in the Fodex. I'm like, really? Or is that just an insert poison here sign? <laughs> well, it's, it's, ju- it's, it's just a quick way of demonstrating that it's replacing something that's already being added to the water. I, I don't, I'm not sure it would be seen as an anti-science thing because it, you're replacing something that is safe and benign and is seen to be safe because she's saying, you know, that is, that is the key. By everyone but the kooks, yeah. By everyone yeah. but the kooks. But having, having said that, I think that the, the question of why they have, why they have come up with Fodex, and I, I don't, you know, it would be interesting to know whether this was a brief given to the writer, given that he doesn't appear to have actually explored any of this. Again, I come back to imagining what would, what would Doomwatch have done with this? Because 1995, it's around this time that GM foods go on the commercial market. Up, up until the mid-90s, yes, there was a lot of research being done, but I don't think any of it would actually have been commercially available You know, to you or I going and buying our cheddar cheese or tomatoes in the supermarket. And there was a huge amount of controversy over it that you would have thought might be something that would be explored in Fodex, which is essentially a kind of extrapolation of this. Yeah, yeah. If you were trying to make a, a, a show that talked about the issues, um, then that would be the way to go. But I, I'm not seeing that well, about bugs. I, I'm so seeing why, bugs why about Fodex? chases and explosives. Oh, it, I'm sure. I'm sure it is about it is about chase and explosion. But why? Why even come up with Fodex? I mean, there has to be inspiration for it somewhere. And I'm wondering. I mean, the other thing that was around or was new at the time was, and I don't even know if you get it on your side of the pond, but corn, Q U O R N, uh, doesn't ring any bells. Not. Or maybe, or maybe <laughs> it's not something that that uh, you, as a dedicated carnivore, are familiar with. But it it's a brand name for a form of uh, i mean it's, it's essentially very similar to fodex it's it's a a way of producing fake meat but instead of from algae it's produced from fungus well, they, they do have a website <laughs> they do have a web i mean it's still it's it's still around it's still produced but at Born the time us yeah it was it was it was quite a novel it was quite a novel thing to have fake meat up until that point vegetarians had just had to eat vegetables that appeared like vegetables. Yeah, no, I, I just, I, and of course, I mean, I have tried these things and no one could be mistake. No one could mistake them for meat. Yeah. Even the impossible burger is still not, doesn't sure, sure. work. It's getting close, but, it, but, 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 but there, there, there are still reasons to produce the, the, this kind of stuff. And, and indeed there is research going on in, into growing meat yep. as in actual meat without rearing an animal you know just literally yeah. growing the meat in a lab um 
all sorts of weird and wonderful things for various reasons with various kind of uh, interesting ethical conundra arising from them. None of which this show appears to be... <laughs> no, 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 no. Willing. I mean, it's just, it's another area that was so rich for not necessarily making it centre stage. Let's, you know, let's not push the explosions aside yet. But nevertheless, they've chosen this whole notion of this fake food, or I mean... It's not fake food, I know. I I fake food, I've, but... I phased, phrased it poorly in my recap because as a food substitute it's not a food substitute no it, it is it, a food it, but alternative it's food it's, should we call it okay um, maybe that would be a better one i'm not going to re-record it but I, I knew it was wrong when i did it but i could not come up with a good way to phrase it 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 is it is what you would not consider food i.e the food that you're normally used to eating yes. made in its but it place is food. so and, it's, it's, it's yes. an alternative food and it is the backdrop against which they've chosen to tell this story and Therefore, why not make the story better by using the issues around that and some of the things that, that, that they give rise to actually explain the motives of your protagonists and your, well, in particular, your antagonists? I just, I, one other question, though, and this, because we are talking about the Fodex. Okay, so Fodex can replace other foods. Does it really seem like a logical extension that you would then make Fodex peas? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it was, it was, it, we like can make peas. practically any food. Well, I'm not even, I'm not picking on peas. I'm just saying that peas are already something are. that's not particularly hard to make. And that's also happens to be what he picked up and, and took a bite of. I'm, I'm picking on peas. So I get making smoked salmon out of it. You've got the ethical reasons. You've got the, you've got the uh, anti meat reasons you've got the cruelty to animal reasons all sorts of reasons why you would cost make cost you know there can cost be expense is to be a that part of this I right think probably it, does it would it really be cheaper to make algae based simulated peas than it is to just grow peas that was kind no, of my no, it's like no. eh, you know. I, I, I think i think i think you've i think you've got to allow that because what they're doing is a stunt they they've developed the peas as presumably part of their experimental exploration of what it is that they can how you know to what what are the limits of fodex what can what can they and can't they produce but they're also they're also making a big deal out of the fact that when these guys are sitting down and eating this meal everything on their plates is fodex so everything on your plate is fodex except the peas because they were cheap probably wouldn't carry quite the same impact Okay, I, I I will agree in that in that particular instance. Although they had to spend money to make simulated peas, yes, which you know is is as you but say a stunt. Um, but so so here's another question about photics, and this would be fascinating to understand. You've got a substance which you can make into smoked salmon, and you can make into peas. Okay, and and simulated. Is is there simulated smoked salmon and simulated peas and presumably simulated crackers because they were the, he said everything on the on the hors d'oeuvres tray there was was Fodex yeah, so or something. yeah so uh, the cheese the cheddar cheese all of that stuff yeah, definitely was cheese, yeah yeah she well Roz said that no that was cheddar cheese it's like no <laughs> so nope Fodex it's that would be a miracle food. That would be a miracle food. How do you get it to taste like those things? Is that a property of Fodex or is that all artificial flavors, colors, and 
and do you get the same nutritional value out of it or is it all you know is it if if you were eating a diet of all fodex would that be a rounded diet you know all those well, issues yes. are interesting to ask because it's like sure i i can probably make tofu taste like something with enough artificial you know flavors and colors so what is it about fodex that makes that particularly a viable way to create simulated food Okay. Yeah, and describing it, as being, this, but... describing it as being a, a nutritious. Yeah, I mean, I'm that that's good. Yeah, nutritious is good, but <laughs> it's somewhat that's... generic. There it's are a binary statement. It's nutritious. Yeah. <laughs> yes, there, there there are all sorts of different nutrients that we need. Are you saying it has all of them? We can. They can be added in like vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> It's all injected. Well, now we, now Fodex has food, no properties at all. There's <laughs> no properties at all. It's just that we can put any artificial flavor and vitamins in it we want and make it cook up. <laughs> and and that's the other thing. How do you get it to cook up the same the way as the the thing that you're you're making? You know. But anyway, well, yeah, it, it all it's an amusing to be idea. Shaped, shaped when it's raw. No, I I I liked it. I liked it. I just thought it had a lot more potential than they actually exploited. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of cooking it, I did have a question um, in terms of so. Fodex, <laughs> I might Fodex know where is, you're going. Fodex is toxic when it's raw, and yeah. also the antidote can be uh, synthesized from the raw Fodex, but not the cooked Fodex, which yeah. you know there is some logic to. And there is an explosion in the in the propagation room, which Ed is able to go and look at the aftermath of and mm-hmm. conclusively report that all of the Fodex has been boiled by the boiled. explosion. In other words, every everything in that room, every last bit of Fodex has been cooked to the point where it is no longer either capable of being toxic or capable of being synthesized as the antidote. So my question is this. How does he know? I, I, I don't trust anything Ed says, frankly. <laughs> Ed's not the smart one in this group. Well, and... yeah, except, well, you say that because at one point he doesn't seem to know the end of one um, a mouse from the, from the other, but he has actually physically hacked into a 40-line phone system in this episode. And, so, and tricked a time safe that's tied straight to Greenwich. Indeed. Um, indeed. But at the same time, in that very same scene, he's there on the first floor, and somewhere else in the same building is a dying Roz and a dying Lennox, and he needs to get Lennox's PDA, and he's got a guy doing nothing standing next to him, and it does not once occur to him to say, hey, Glass, go get <laughs> Lennox's PDA. Roz sounds like she might be dying. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So if if you know, if we're going to get into who did something that was less than one hundred percent smart in this episode, I'm going to Everybody. question why Roz when the video feed to the vats go down, we, we yes. because she's seen Sally going in there. Rather than rather than raising the alarm about Sally, who she is ostensibly concerned about she decides yeah. to go in herself. Well, didn't didn't they do this in the last episode of the one before where the video monitor, their high-tech video monitors go yes, out? Yes, it was the last one. And instead one. of, yes. yeah, 
Instead of going, I think there's a problem, they're all like, huh, huh technology, doggone it. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, th- I was screaming at that one. I really was. It's like, wait, Rob, no, uh, no, come on. She, <laughs> first off, why the heck? She did it twice in this episode. She did it in front of Glass earlier, and she did it in front of Sally, where she's hacking into the stuff that she knows is is confidential materials, and she's narrating it to the the employee of the company next to her. Saying, well, I'm going to see if I can't break into that file and see what I can find out about this because, ooh, his, his personnel files are... It's like, um, I think you're supposed to report that to the boss. Your security consultants well, not, are actually trying to read our personnel files. Or, not, only, yeah. not, not only that, but she the reason she's hacking in is because what, she, what she's trying... She, ha, she has a moment to spare from what she's trying to do, which is to track down a mole in New Earth Foods who could be anyone mm-hmm. in the company. So mm-hmm. she just casually explains what she is doing to the nearest person in the company, who yep. who actually I don't think you've seen before at this point. And so you immediately think, well, hang on, who is this character and why are they there in this scene? Oh, it's because they're going to f- find out that Roz has tracked or is on the verge of tracking down a mole because Roz is stupid enough to tell her about it. Yep, and and... I wasn't even sure how many people were in that room at that time. You know, well, I mean, yeah. she's just sitting in a computer in the lab and thinking, well, that, that could be a busy lab. And she's just, eh, I'm going to hack into this file and I'm going to undelete these things that they're trying to hide. And it's like, really? <laughs> really? I, I, I know that's for the audience at home, but. Yes, yes, yes. And I, I mean, the other aspect of that is that we, the, well, we've kind of alluded to this before and you've you've mentioned it in your synopsis but she's hacking the client's file yes so the mm-hmm. ethics of this are is she does it because she's she's curious and obviously the moral of it because of the way it pans out in the story is that it's just as well that our heroes did illegally hack into their client's files last episode too so but it's last episode too yes it's it's interesting it's interesting there is also the the on the, on the question of tracking down the mole. It seemed like maybe not the smartest thing to go and bug the lines at Hennessy Brock, which was blatantly illegal as well as unethical. When the mole is at New Earth Foods, so they could just have monitored all of the phone lines at New Earth Foods, which Cell they phone? could have done legally if not ethically. I well yeah cell phone maybe but couldn't it, couldn't that person then be using couldn't they couldn't they be calling a cell phone at Hennessy Brock I know they weren't as common in ninety five yeah. as they are now but if someone had one two people could have one yeah it, it's yeah it, it was um there there are, there are definitely some problems in this episode I, you know I'm I'm equally not particularly happy about the fact that Beckett the trained spy and agent was overpowered by Sally, the lab assistant with a, with a gun <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a place which I will give the director of this episode a little bit of credit. The, the shooting in the, the pumping station, although I have a striking feeling that that's not what a pumping station looked like, you know, with the shooting through the floors and the fact that 
everything's got a metal floor. There is no way you can sneak up on somebody in a place like that. And so, yeah, he's trying to be quiet, but it's not possible to be quiet. And therein lies the problem. How did Sally be quiet enough to take him from behind? You know, the whole thing is just, he should have been a, he should have been cognizant of the fact that she had to be cognizant of the fact that he was in the building, but he didn't seem to be. And big bad secret agent guy is not overpowered, but is is got the drop on by Mad Sally. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the director is is Brian Farnham, who directed the first episode out of the hive, and also all under control with the airplane. Oh, okay, all under. I could not think of that one to save my life from that name. So I have, I have a, I have a question. Um, which is related to your question about the Fodex that uh, Sally picks up in order to, for whatever reason, I don't know, which is right at the beginning, they take the sample of the Fodex from the propagation vats and they put it in a password-protected, time-locked safe. Uh Uh Uh-huh. But it's just come from the propagation vats, which are literally these two guys then go and walk into. Yeah, he what says is this it, is a seed, but it's for? like, yeah, I I don't know. And and would it survive in the safe? Well, yeah, I mean... I mean, it's not got UV light on it, or it hasn't got grow lights on it, which are, I think, UV. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> God, I hadn't like, thought about it, that, yeah. It's not even kept in. Um, it's not even kept in a low oxygen environment. Which is that what you do with plants? Uh, you're trying to no, grow. I, I thought the point about that was that the algae was using the oxygen, but I'm I may not have. But the alarms that. went off when the oxygen levels went high. So and they had an airlock to keep the oxygen low. So I it I could have been I, that, couldn't it? I I yeah. I was assuming that I was assuming that the algae were actually. Because the oxygen was dropping in the room. He, when Roz was breathing it, yes. So it was only dropping when there was a human in the room. Is that, did yes. I miss that? I think I thought it, it was, was sitting thought... at around 0. 0.6 or 0. 0.7 the whole time until until they locked Roz in and she stopped using her, her mask. Then it started to go down. But when the people came in and left the door open, it started shooting up. Which, uh, you know, let, we, we might as well. We might as well hit the full pick if sally has access to the vats why did they need to send in a strike team to scoop some up and take it (laughs) in in the first place so (laughs) it's another one of those like uh huh see there's some of the there are some of these things that because that hadn't even occurred to me i'll have i have to admit and a bunch of these things they would just wash over me if the if the episode overall had some kind of logic and, and narrative drive to it, uh, but it, when it doesn't, then you do start you do start noticing all of these things, and cumulatively, it starts to kind of pull you out of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I am particularly bad or good, depending on your point of view <laughs> about those things, is that they will that they will trip something in my head and. The moment, the moment she, Sally, walked off after hearing what um, 
Roz was doing, and then goes into the the vat room and the and the cameras go off. It, you know, my first thought was she's the mole. I figured it would be glass because that's been the uh, that's been oh, the go to stereotype along the way. I thought she was the mole from the moment she appeared. Yeah, I always think the security guy is going to be a jerk. Uh, in some bad way, but you know, when she goes in and into the thing, she's wearing a lap cut. She goes in the light, the cameras go off. My first thought is, Oh, she's the mole. And my second thought was, why didn't she just take some of the material out? You know, it's like it, the two just, just instantly hit me like just boom, boom. And then, and I think from that point on, it began began a cascading failure. (laughs) Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, you know, and there was no talk about the fact that they, like, you know, weigh the employees to make sure they're not, they won't weigh more going out than they go in or anything like that. <laughs> or that you need some special treatment to keep the algae alive while you're transporting it somewhere, because you don't, you can just stick it in the ridiculous safe. And <laughs> um, and, and the safe was a bit of a... A tell, wasn't it? Oh, it's a high tech safe. It's a high tech safe. I know where this is going. I know where yeah. this is going. <laughs> Which I wouldn't mind about. I mean, this is point, it's fine. This is part of the point yeah. of the show. The show. The show is all about our heroes doing devilishly clever things with technology in order to defeat yeah. even more clever technological things. But there has to be a point why the thing is locked in the safe for us to be. Oh wow, they've broken into the safe. Do you, do you know I still, what would have been good in the safe? I still don't understand what the point was. Do you know what would have been good in the safe instead of seed? What would have been antidote? Good? <laughs> well, it'd be you know, but if you had antidote at the beginning, then you wouldn't have the no, revelation right. that it was toxic halfway through. But he so. didn't. He didn't have to tell us what he was putting in there. He didn't. You know, he didn't have to. He didn't true, have to say true. to the audience. He could have said, you know, I mean, he bare, We didn't know what Fodex was when he put it in there. And the first he called this seed, <laughs> like. <laughs> Okay, well, if he had just put that in there, uh, he could he could have put that in there, and then he could have put another th- couple of test tubes. He goes seed and insurance, <laughs> or anything, right? But he didn't. So that's all we needed. The fact that you can manufacture the antidote in moments, <laughs> in, in just it's a, in an incredibly accelerated period of time, is was bad enough. The fact that they completely forgot about the delegates, who I assume are not all there at New Earth Foods, that they're yep. in the hospital or something, and now they're dead. Um, yeah, it, it was. Um, and and did you get the feeling like at the end of this episode that Lennox and New Earth Foods came out of this okay? Because I kind of did. Yeah. I didn't get the feeling that they were like destroyed, ruined, and, uh, uh, you know, end of the day, I... I thought it was kind of which you know to be fair they they should have been yes oh yeah 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 absolutely but by the end of this i was much more distracted by just how awful the tag scene was it was bad it was it was but have they all been in that room too in what room the 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 room we never see any other time in the series the room where they drop the car on the on the table yes that's that 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 put the train. That's the tag scene room. Okay, that's all they okay. use it for. <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah. Well, no, so that's isn't that in Rod's apartment? They all appear to live there now. They all appear to live together. Because what should we have for supper? It's like they're they're in a student flat share. 
But I don't think we've ever seen them use that room at any other point in this. I mean, yeah, I assumed it was Roz's apartment. Well, I thought that was where but... Beckett flattened Ed in episode one, but I may have misremembered. Mm, I guess it might be possible. It just, it seems like not only is it that room, but it's also that camera angle too. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. It yeah. is the angle. It is, it, there's definitely a tag scene framing there because the tag scene is it, the the just as they it need was a with the little tune. Well, it's, yeah, yes, it is exactly that kind of thing. It's it's framed in a certain way because the tone is different from the rest of the the episode, and it's it's supposed to leave you with a kind of lift because you've you know you've had all of the kind of adrenaline and everything, and now you're you're just having a a jolly smile and and a reminder that you've <laughs> that you've that you've been lucky to spend the last hour in the company of these witty people. Except that it's so weak. Something I ate. I mean, you can you can yeah. see Jay, Jay Griffith's expression as she says the line that she's 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 trying to find it funny, and it there's nothing in the line itself that is amusing. It it, it is it is it is it is not yeah. It is not. I mean, I've had I've had soap. I've had food poisoning. I don't know about you, and uh, uh, I have had. It is not a. It is not a pleasant experience by any stretch of the imagination. And yes, when you've just gotten over food poisoning, immediately just after getting over food poisoning, you don't want to eat anything. Doesn't matter how hungry you are. You just you don't want to eat anything. I agree with that. It's just that the idea of my experience is that after, yeah, my experience after that is then the food that I associate with causing it is the thing that I don't want to eat. I mean, that, that, I I wouldn't eat Burger King for a year and uh, once, uh, which you know is probably not long enough. But have you, have you run uh, this bit past our, our podcast lawyers? <laughs> Well, I didn't say it caused me to get food poisoning. What I, what I am saying is that that is the... Oh, you have. Good. That is the... Uh, no, no, seriously. I don't know that that's what caused the food poisoning. I, I seriously don't. I know it's what I tasted. And that's the problem. You know? And then it's like, yep, it, I, that's a Whopper. And I am never going to eat a Whopper again in my life. <laughs> like, which is a, a, not true, because I have. But it was a long, long time. So I, I kind of get where she's sitting there and he says, well, how about this? And it's like, oh, algae and seaweed and bamboo. Yeah, maybe not. But, you know, if he'd said, how about bacon? Okay. <laughs> like, if, I mean, if I'm well enough to be hungry again, then I'm not going to be put off food. But if, uh, but if I'm not well enough to be hungry again, then, it, then I would never, you know, I wouldn't phrase like, oh, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just not hungry, guys. You go without me. Like, go eat without me whatever it, yeah it's it's a terrible it's not a funny scene and it it's not well written and it it is not it is not the reaction that i would expect from someone who has been nearly killed by her food it, it you know in any way shape or form uh, so yeah no not a, not a good not a good tag scene they should have they should have um i don't know attached an atomic motor to that david attenborough book or something so they <laughs> Still playing with that RTG, huh? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, the train should still be going. That train should be in there from now on and just continuously going around and around that room. What else have we... Oh, 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 okay. I don't have anything else about the the phone except for one thing. When 
Um, Roz goes into the, the that room. Let me rephrase that. When Roz stupidly goes into the vat room, uh, picks up the only oxygen cylinder and doesn't look at how much oxygen has got in it before she puts it on, walks into the room, sees that the cameras have been cut, door closes behind her, looks at the oxygen cylinder and sees that there's pretty not much oxygen in there. What should she have done? What, what is She's... the first thing she should have done? She should have taken a look at the cables running to the to the CCTV. See, my thought is she should have pulled her cell phone out, which we know she carries, and call for help. Oh. Instead of banging on the doors and the walls and, uh, <laughs> and passing out. It's like, I think, I think I got an answer for you. You got a cell phone. She didn't, didn't do it. And, uh. Yeah. Well, in 95, not everyone. No, but, I take the, but these I take the guys do. Establish <laughs> that they do, but it, it's the audience. And they make a big thought. deal of the fact that they do. My guess is that the writer did not. I, well, yes. And, I, and, I, and I'm not sure the audience would, because I think that is a difference. If you did that now with any character, mm-hmm. you'd have to have a reason why they weren't carrying a cell phone. Right, or mobile, mobile. they left it on the table or something, and they'd yeah. show it. Yeah, right. You know, and she exactly, clearly exactly. has her phone out, and she'd set it down on the counter before she. Sally was like, "No, no, no! Take the phone! Take the phone!" <laughs> but yeah, do you have anything else? I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I you I'm know, done. I did enjoy the chases. Um, they, they were they weren't badly done. Um, the the guys escaping from the building was um, I thought glass doors. That's kind of funny that you can see them riding up and down on the top of the hill. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was it was fun in that context, as long as you could just shut your brain off about where we were going with the rest of it. Simon, thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure, as always. And listeners, I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series, Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. Next time on Fusion Patrol, we'll be looking at the Star Hunter Redux episode, Bad Girls. And we'll ask ourselves the question, how bad can the bad girls be when you've already got Percy on board the ship? Come join the conversation on Fusion Patrol.